0: And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch with Shale Magazine. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, broadcasting from Shale Studios, the beautiful Shale Studios. Kim, hey, we've got some really exciting guests today. That's
1: right. We do have some exciting guests and exciting news. Uh, In the Oil Patch is now expanded into the Corpus Christi market. We were picked up by K6, which is... Twelve thirty a.m. and ninety six point one FM and one hundred three point three
0: FM. KSIX, the uh, the NBC powerhouse of Corpus Christi. Those guys are great.
1: That's right. And so we will be airing on Saturday mornings in that market from eight a.m. to nine a.m. How exciting is that? Our show is growing.
0: Well, Corpus Christi, welcome to In the Oil Patch. We're glad to have you with us. And with that, Kim, we've got we've got such a great guest on tap today, Mr. David Blackman. And, Kim, before we bring him on, let me talk for a second. David Blackman is a public policy and communications advisor with 37 years experience in the oil and gas industry. Over the last 20 years, he specialized in leading industry efforts to influence public policy at the state and national level. He's a recognized subject matter expert who's offered testimony before various congressional and state legislative committees and has written extensively on a variety of public policy matters at Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine as well as Forbes.com. So, Kim, why don't you welcome David Blackman to the show?
1: Well, Alvin, thank you so much. And, you know, it's a pleasure to have our uh, our expert on uh, energy, David Blackman, joining us again today. David, welcome back to End the Oil Patch Radio Show.
2: Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
1: And, you know, um, we have a very, this is a very special week. The uh, Republican National Convention is going on, and uh, you and I have been covering it. Um, So I wanted to ask you, uh, with the convention taking place this week, do you think it's timely that we talk a little bit about Donald Trump's uh, views on energy or energy policy in the world? And, um, you know, how do you think that his policies will impact the oil and gas industry?
2: Yeah, that's very timely. you know he's he has um, put out uh, a pretty detailed uh, energy policy document, and, and basically, I think the best way to describe it is all of the above, with a focus on freeing up um, the ability of United States producers to to produce the incredible abundance of fossil fuels that we have in this country. We have the the largest reserves of coal in the world, the largest reserves of oil in the world, the largest reserves of natural gas on the face of the earth. And, uh, you know, his focus, according to the statements he's made and the documents he's put out, would be to free up the ability of, of these industries to to produce abundant, you know, this, this incredible abundance and, and thereby enhance our national security as a country.
1: Well, you know, and, and something very interesting is so this past administration, Uh, for the last eight years, has been very anti-energy, Heavily has supported heavy regulation. And where that, I think, has affected the consumers has been either at the gas pump, higher prices on products and goods. And so, um, you know, just to clarify that Trump is pro-energy and is the only candidate. I, I haven't heard of Hillary Clinton coming out with any kind of energy policy. Have you?
2: Uh, she has she has a big long uh, energy policy uh, statement uh, on her website and uh, you know it it basically uh, would be more of the same that we've seen for the last eight years more regulation and more subsidization of, of renewable energy uh, companies and, and wind and solar and things like that and so it'd just be a lot more of the same and uh, with the basic goal of regulating the oil and gas industry out of business at the end of the day.
1: Right, so what makes the difference between their two policies on regulation, policies pertaining to energy? Where do you think Trump, is he gonna be as heavy handed on climate regulations, just like uh, President Obama and another continuation with Hillary Clinton becoming the next president?
2: Yeah, you know, Trump has talked about uh, basically taking a a hard look at, as soon as he comes into office, number one, rescinding some of Obama's executive orders related to climate and energy. You know, he would rescind the executive order the president uh, issued uh, related to the Paris Climate Agreement, which essentially does little but uh, commit the country, the taxpayers, to spend billions of dollars trying to clean up other countries' messes. Um, so he would, he's pledged to immediately rescind those executive orders and take a hard look at all these heavy-handed regulations that have come down over the last two or three years. Um, he specifically singles out the Waters of the United States regulation, uh, which EPA finalized last year and is currently, uh, in the courts, uh, subject to a court challenge. It's on hold right now. Um. But that, you know, that's really good news that he wants to take a look at that because that's an economy-killing regulation. And uh, he's also made statements that he would take a look at, the, you know, the new ozone standard, which is basically impossible for, for major cities to meet. And uh, all these uh, regulations around methane emissions and carbon dioxide emissions that uh, seem to go well past the intent of the, of the laws they're written under.
1: And, you know, I want to kind of be clear, David, about these Waters of America and the EPA standards. You know, on the surface level, it it almost appears as though, wow, they're doing great things to protect the community, to protect our water, to protect all these different things that on the surface level, again, like I said, sound great. But when you actually look at the reasons why they're doing them and how much it really does impact all of us as a community, like farmers or the, um, the uh, EPA and how big cities will actually, it will come to affect job growth and economic development and all kinds of different issues. It, it really does impact all of us in negative ways for the teeny, 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 tiny amount of, of whatever we might get back in return that might be somewhat good. Do you agree with that statement in, in some yeah. ways? I mean, I just could not understand the benefit to all of us to implement these things except just more regulation that was absolutely unnecessary.
2: Yeah, it's, it's all about grabbing power for the federal government at this point. The, the Clean Water Act, which is the, the governing statute that that was written under, is, is you know, has had a wonderful impact over the last 40 years on the cleanliness of, of water in the United States. In the 70s, when that law was passed, our rivers and streams and lakes were a mess. and and drinking water was contaminated all over the country. It was a real crisis situation. There was a very good reason to enact that law, so I don't want anyone to think I believe otherwise. But over the last 40 years, the the, the water quality in this country compared to 40 years ago is night and day. Uh, It's been extremely effective in, in cleaning up the drinking water in this country. What the Waters of the United States regulation is about is is a power grab to give the EPA the authority to regulate every little mud puddle that ever crops up after a rain. I mean, literally and truly, in the city of Houston is a great example. Our streets, surface streets in the city of Houston, are designed to serve as rainwater runoff conduits. And they, they are designed to take the water off the streets directly into the bayous that flow through this city, and that's how the city drains. Well, the waters of the U.S. regulation, if the courts end up approving it, would ultimately result in the Environmental Protection Agency of the federal government regulating the way the city of Houston and many other cities around the country build and maintain our streets. So if you think you have a hard time getting a pothole filled now by your local city government, just wait until the EPA has control over that process. that's what that's all that regulation is, is a power grab for the federal government, which is where the Obama administration and all these left wing environmental advocates believe all power should reside. And that's what that is.
1: Exactly. I want to switch gears just a little bit and and talk a little bit about some international stuff. Trump has. um, He's talked a little bit about expanding the import tariffs and other restrictions on free trade. Um, Do you think that that's going to apply to the energy imports and exports as well?
2: He hasn't said that directly. Uh, You know, when you think through it uh, and and, uh, the things he's said about trade and the unfair way in which China manipulates its currency and his intent to use tariffs uh, related to our relationships with China – you could see that logically extending to, you know, his, his uh, interest in impacting relationships uh, with, with other countries. We import a lot of oil from a lot of other countries, you know, whose records on human rights and, you know, other government behaviors simply don't conform to the way the United States behaves. And so you could see that potential there. He certainly has not made any statement about implementing some overall import tariff on on international imports. But, um, you know, if uh, an activist president who intends to use tariffs and other uh, renegotiations of trade deals as a part of his uh, administration policy, you could see situations in which that could end up applying to oil and gas imports.
1: Interesting. And finally, on renewables, um, you know, and the ongoing government subsidies of solar and of wind, do you think that it's likely that Trump will continue the programs?
2: That's hard to know. He doesn't address it directly. I haven't heard him directly talk about that other than saying, you know, some of what we do is irrational from an economic standpoint. And certainly that's that's the truth. I mean, you know, we've seen the the with the Department of Energy throwing half a billion dollars at Cylindra and Celindra going bankrupt. And uh I think you you could safely say that in the Trump administration you wouldn't see uh you would see a real scaling back of those kinds of massive government subsidies to specific corporations. But when you When you look at, for example, the tax credit that the wind industry gets for for new builds uh, and and ongoing in their operations, well, that would require an act of Congress to impact uh, that tax subsidy program. And then for solar is concerned, most of the subsidies you see related to solar power really uh, at the state and local levels and uh, I think the Trump administration would not attempt to interfere with those programs. You know, things like, you know, you get a you get a break on your property taxes for installing solar panels on top of your house. I, I don't think he would have any interest in interfering with programs like that.
1: Right. Well, David, we do have to wrap things up here for now. So we look forward to talking to you next week. As always, thank you for coming on, and we look forward to talking to you next week.
2: Great. Talk to you next week. Thanks.
0: Kim, always great to have David Blackman on. What a great expert to have access to. And and with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with Kim Bellato, broadcasting from Shale Studios, and we'll be right back.
3: Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923.
0: Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S H A L E, mag, M-A-G.com. Or you can call us 210 240 7188. Again, that's 210 240 7188. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, ma to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- Two four zero seven one eight eight. Again, 210 And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bilotto, and we're broadcasting from the beautiful Shale Studios. Kim.
1: Thank you, Alvin. Uh, now we have Wayne Christian, who is the Republican nomination for the Texas Railroad Commission. Wayne, welcome back to the show.
4: Hey, it's an honor to be
1: with you. You know, um, we had you on prior to you having uh, a runoff with another candidate, um, and you have secured the nomination for the Republican uh, to run as the Texas Railroad Commission. And, boy, that was uh, a real race. I want to kind of recap. Um, You know, you spent very, very little um, and were able to show the Texas voters that you were the right guy Uh, for the Texas Railroad Commission on the Republican side. So tell me a little bit about the race. What do you think was your secret formula for winning and securing uh, that seat?
4: Well, uh, I'll have to commend my consultants, Jordan Berry and Travis McCormick, who uh, devised a tremendous plan of targeting only with our limited dollars where there were significant runoffs across the state. And they did that, and, of course, it, it proved out uh, very accurate, as those uh, last-minute ballots came in late at night when we were all very nervous, uh, it, we saw ourselves move ahead and uh, be victorious in the contest. And that was quite amazing. We were thinking we were outspent 10 to 1. We spent 100 and something thousand dollars is what we totally put in the race. And my opponent, the, the report just came out from the Ethics Commission, had over $3 million uh, on his ethics report and so it, was, it wasn't was even 10 to 1 outspent.
2: So uh, it
4: also was that every metropolitan area except Fort Worth uh, went in his camp. We did get significant votes from Lubbock, the Tyler area, East Texas, but it was a rural Texas victory statewide which has never really occurred in, in modern history. Most of the time, if you don't carry several of the urban areas, you just don't win a statewide contest. So I was very proud the country folks came, not that I have anything against the city folks, but being from the country, it was it was uh, good to see that. But that was kind of a historical occurrence, being outspent something like 30 to 1 and having uh, a team of experts that were able to target where runoff races were and be able to call on, call out the, uh, I guess, some 20 years of, of friendships and relationships and respect that I had I had Uh, proudly earned from people from all across the state, from the different party's parties, Republican clubs, I think they stepped to to bat for me, and I'm most appreciative and honored.
1: Well, you know, that brings me to, um, you have had a past prior to uh, running for the Texas Railroad Commission right now in politics as well. So let's talk a little bit about Remind me and our listeners who, how you got started and where uh, the history of wanting to be an elected official comes from.
4: Well, of course, it's uh, started about 20 years ago. Whenever uh, uh, I was very active in some different movements back when Ronald Reagan and the Christian Coalition was uh, very active in that day and times, when I first started getting active as a, in a leadership role in our area, then went on, and Richard Richards uh, was attacking the Adolescence Pregnancy Prevention and Control Act. At that time, with my three daughters, I was not in agreement with it. And statewide, there was a movement. And I fought that, met a lot of people across the state, and Mr. Norm Newton of the Associated Republicans of Texas gave me a call. And he uh, asked me to come to Austin, and of course, in one of those smoke-filled rooms, Mr. Norm, who smoked uh, quite a bit, Uh, you know, asked me and convinced me to run for office for state rep. And then in 1996, I first ran for state rep, was the first elected Republican since Reconstruction, spent my first three sessions as the Republican with the most Democratic district in the entire legislature. And I served for uh, 14 years in the Texas House and uh, served on the Energy Committee two times, Ron Lewis's chairman and then uh, as Vice Chair of Regulated Industry with Phil King as Chairman. And uh, so I have have quite a a history of having oversight of the Railroad Commission and understanding the industry. I've been across the state uh, in my role as a a state representative and as a member of the Energy Committee uh, to see how the industry works and what works. And quite frankly, my view after 20 years of government is the – Less government regulates and allows the free market to operate, the richer the country is. And the, uh, uh, will, our job is basically just to look for the bad actors and then allow the free market industry, the companies who are anxious to get rid of the bad actors or improve problems, give them the opportunity to fix it instead of having a government regulation jump in there because government seems to be almost inefficient at fixing problems. So that's kind of my philosophy my job is to protect the public and allow the free market industry to operate uh, competitively uh, as possible. And, of course, my fear is we have a current administration and potentially a next administration that is quite what uh, opposite on free market.
1: You know, I couldn't agree with you more. That's a lot of the discussion that uh, occurs here on In the Oil Patch Radio Show is discussing all the Regulatory um, problems that are occurring as of this administration, and you know, um, Chairman Porter, who this will be his last year. Uh, you know, as the years went by, that uh, we at Shell got to know him very well and appreciate all the hard work that he did. You know, one of the things that he would always discuss in any form when he was discussing is how important regulatory framework matters because there is a problem when you have too much regulation. And what we're seeing right now with uh, the shell producers and how it has kind of changed the history of the United States once again, and putting it in our favor, uh, the oil and gas industry, our understanding it more is all because we've had such great uh, regulation to not just protect the citizens and do it in a fashion uh, that will protect the community, but also help the oil and gas companies be able to get to the uh, product and do it in a responsible way.
4: And you know what's amazing, too, is you look back at uh, the Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton administration of the past uh, almost eight years now. And I understand they, and you've heard this before from Governor uh, Rick Perry and his presidential bid, that the, the anemic, my, myself as a financial planner, as a financial professional, banker and financial services in my career, uh, look at a 2% uh, recovery as anemic, had it not been for the state of Texas, had it not been for horizontal drilling that we developed in Texas, had it not been for the shell play that we uh, pretty well invented in the state of Texas, uh, that his current recovery in the United States would have been a negative the past eight years. So the state of Texas, and the only reason we did is because our guys in Texas were smarter than Obama's guys in Washington, and they didn't know what we were doing. Obama has shut down all production to all federal property, and we worry about being $20 trillion in debt after his administration. Do you the potential underground now, because of the shell play that basically was invented horizontal drilling and fracking in Texas uh, that the amount of money available is over 50 trillion dollars minimal in all gas and coal and minerals under federal property so there is a complete re- revolution to our financial situation if we can get somebody in the white house that uh, believes in a free market a fossil fuel industry
1: right and and Wayne we have to take a quick break When we come back, we're going to pick up this conversation of the administration and and oil resources. And you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back.
0: Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Cayleg Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me i understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image the reliability and the integrity of your fleet and you can't break the bank doing it so whether your fleet action plan requires leasing buying outright or something that falls kind of in between I can help you. K-League Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram trucks and Toyota trucks on the heavy duty side and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk call me at area code 830-480-3656, again, 830-480-3656, or you can email me directly at abailey at kaligauto.com That's a B-A-I-L-E-Y, at k a h l i g a u t o K-A-H-L-I-G-A-U-T-O.com.
2: Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services. At Turning Point Strategies, we can not only help you turn the corner, we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau. We've helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed. Call us today at 210-227-5678. Again, that number is 210-227-5678. And visit our website, turningpointstrategies.com. Again, that's turningpointstrategies.com. Are you at your turning point?
1: And we're back within the Little Patch Radio Show. Our guest is the candidate who is running for the Republican Party for the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian. Wayne, uh, before the break, we were talking about the administration and their belief that regulation cures all with EPA, Waters Over America, all these different types of regulations that are really strangling. How do you feel that this uh, came about, that the Obama administration did not know what Texas oil producers, the independent oil producers, were doing
4: well. The, the, I hate to say they're they're not as smart. They are not as current. Understand, uh, Obama's chief energy advisor she wrote a book eleven years ago, fifteen years ago. I'm not exact on the date. That said, we must reverse all fossil fuel technology in the United States, and that is currently his mission. He believes that fossil fuel is such an enemy to. Mother Earth, which they worship, understand for the good of what Mother Earth has, that we are supposed to serve Mother Earth. Instead, we, I believe in Texas, and most Americans believe that Mother Earth, or Earth, is not a goddess. It is a gift from God on which we are responsible to responsibly use the resources for the good of humanity, our children. And we have made it a cleaner, better Earth, and there is not a single EPA regulation we exceed. So what happens, you have an opposite theology uh, or belief system out of the administration in Washington and Hillary Clinton, Al Gore. You can trace it all the way back to Jimmy Carter, who sat at his desk with his sweater on and told us that we'd be out of oil, gas, and coal within the next decade. And all of their, all of their predictions of the Greenies have proved 100% false. So it, it's an inconsistent theory that just is unreal that we in Texas just don't believe.
1: Right. Well, you know, I think it goes back to um, we need energy, and we are not anywhere where we need to be with wind or solar, and who knows when they are able to even uh, take its place. Well, of course,
4: wind and solar leaches leeches on uh, fossil fuels. I mean, you, they can't operate without it. And the rare earth resources that they have to have to operate, windmills and solar energy— uh, go to China and, and, and look at the catastrophic environmental hazards that are caused by those people that are that are suffering from loss of bone density or dying of cancer, trying to get those rare earth fuels instead of our clean production that we've developed on oil, gas, and coal. And, and you know, you mentioned the example. I think one of the greatest examples people need to think of is back in eighteen uh, ninety from the turn of the century, 90% of the population in the United States worked in agriculture. Then came the Industrial Revolution, and it declined 41%. And now, in today's time, and the reason is moms and dads and families had to get up from daylight to dark, work for their, plant their garden, uh, plow their fields, produce for both their animals and their own livelihood. Now in America, Only 1.5% of the population is employed in the agricultural industry, providing more food for the world than we ever dreamed of in the past. All that because of fossil fuel.
1: True. You know, there's also, Wayne, the technology that comes from... um, this sector is just unbelievable and there is once again the return of the energy sector back to the United States and its producers who know how to one invest in technology hiring the very best uh, and and smartest and brightest individuals in the in in the sector and two being able to develop these resources in a responsible way so so the world can take advantage of these resources. there's no
4: doubt that. No doubt of that, and let let me say selfishly, and and I don't want people just to look at this in a uh, realistic manner. If Hillary Clinton continues the the policies that she claims she will for Barack Obama, she, number one, she's already told the folks up in the Northeast that they had to shut down coal, and you have seen people out of work shutting down coal mining. Which, by the way, It's as clean as possibly can be. We get these visions of people going down blackface, coming up out of the coal mines. That's not the situation there any longer. But if Hillary Clinton becomes president, first thing she said she's definitely going to do is stop coal production. Coal in Texas, lignite in Texas is one-third of our electric grid. That means the average family state of Texas will see a $1,000 a year minimum increase in their electric bills. Now, can you imagine what that will do to some uh, senior couple that's barely getting by on Social Security that has to choose between food, medicine, and now heat? In fact, scary thing, the environmental deaths in the world since the Industrial Revolution, we started depending on fossil fuels, has decreased by over 98%. Yet, because Europe, Germany, England, some of our other friends over there have started experimenting with this u n mandate of less fossil fuels and started windmilling and and uh, solarizing in two thousand thirteen over uh, we had thirty thousand deaths from the environment in the world. This is the first time why people froze to death because we would not let development uh, in their country. Uh, as we did in America, of oil, gas, and coal. We literally are killing people.
1: Wow, that is is just crazy. Wayne, we have to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to take this conversation back up. And you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back.
4: Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit yamahaviking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study.
3: Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923.
1: And we're back in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today, Wayne Christian, who is running for the Texas Railroad Commission in November. Wayne, we were having a discussion before break on how the lack of using fossil fuels is now being attributed to some pretty serious consequences such as death. So let's get back on that topic.
4: Let me give you an example. Uh, Of course, the United Nations, the worldview, we, we, quite frankly, we're guilty of allowing this falsehood of the threat of fossil fuels, which actually has made it a cleaner, better environment in the world. But I, I've heard of one person that went with a missionary group, and one doctor, two examples here, one doctor said he had to choose daily because internationally now on these mission trips, which are great, that we help third world countries that don't have energy at all. And by the way, three billion people have either inadequate energy, and over a billion people have zero energy, which means they don't have clean water. They drink water down the stream from where cattle uh, use the, the, for waste, and their children die because of contamination, etc., etc. There's one example that they said this baby, the doctors are able to turn on the solar lights only at irregular times, and there was a person that was there observing, as they were performing a, uh, a cesarean birth of a baby. And the baby, when it came out, uh, they tried to suck the, uh, the fluids out, etc., and the baby was dead. And the doctor wept because he said, golly, had we had the energy to turn it on two days ago, we would have found out the emergency and gone ahead and earlier performed it. But because we, as a world, have falsely let this lie of fossil fuels out, we are now sending inadequate unsustainable, undependable solar energy overseas to do that. Another doctor overseas said, I have to select each day whether to turn the lights on or whether to keep the refrigerator on to keep my medicine good to help patients. So this, those are two examples of how we in our uh, charity are literally allowing people to lose their lives because we won't Kerry stood before uh, Kenya and told its people, said, we need to stop the production of coal in this country. Understand, you're talking to a third-world country that don't have refrigerators, has dirty water, that they don't have refining uh, water like we in the fossil fuel world have to clean water and they're dying of diseases, and you have the Secretary of State telling these people to shut down what's changing their lives for the better. So it's a crazy world, and frankly, we in the fossil fuel industry, I believe, are are largely responsible for letting this untruth get out there and have not sold the case for fossil fuel adequately.
1: Well, you know, Wayne, you bring up a good point as far as the industry itself, I don't think has ever been uh, a fan of advocating for themselves, and many reasons, probably some being the most likely, which is they they talk and they can get into litigation or get sued, so they prefer not to talk. And so an industry, the environmentalist, extreme environmentalist group, are doing the talking for them. But the truth of the matter is, in my opinion, is all oil and gas companies are people too. They are run by human beings, and everyone cares about the planet. And actually, in some of the research that's reflecting now, because of uh, energy and being able to uh, take advantage of all of the technology, it's actually showing that they are lowering the air emissions in some cases as well. So uh, as a society, we need to look at all different points of views before we come up with one idea that fossil fuels are bad.
4: Let's look at the facts. I mean, that's all I ask people to do, and there's some good Books now available that uh, have information like we've not had before, but I intend, if the people honor me in November with being elected uh, as their railroad commissioner, which there is a November election, which I'll have to uh, get by that election. But if it is, I intend to use my position as one of the one of the uh, uh, honors to be on the bully pulpit to educate our children, grandchildren, and our citizens of the falsity of this uh, Gore. Clinton-Obama fallacy uh, that fossil fuel is horrible. And people have to understand, their view is that anything mankind does to Mother Earth is bad. For example, Prince Philip was the chairman of the International CCC, or the International Organization for Climate Control. And as he left, this is how brutal their view is, He said, if I had my wish, I would come back in another life as a deadly virus to decrease the number of humans on planet Earth. They are that radical in their belief against human beings and how we should have no place. When did it ever get to the point that human beings weren't part of nature? When did it get to the point that fossil fuels, oil, gas, and coal which are developed from solarly created dead plants and animals deep in the earth, and that we can now take rocks and make oil and future and power cell phones and iPhones and computers through old rocks. That is absolutely extraordinary for human beings, and it's that much of a radical extremism that we're fighting and people I think are not aware of.
1: I think you're right. I think when you look and you see, like, wow, okay, so... I have been to rallies before where you have these uh, anti-energy folks out there and there, one lady I'll never forget, she was like, she basically said, I don't really care, Uh, y'all need to shut this down. It was when the Denton uh, frack ban was out there and uh, she said, as long as uh, we don't need this stuff, as long as we have, you know, water and utilities we'll be fine in food. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, yeah. ma'am, as long as all have three of those energy. things come from energy, all three of them. And without energy, you don't no. have those three things. So That's exactly right. let's go back they to the in basics. air conditioners
4: and crap about us, you know, and say, so, you know, sit outside in 125 degree heat and see what you think of it. You know, if you don't exactly. participate, let's put it for real.
1: Exactly. And with that, Wayne, we have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back.
0: Hey oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? and I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always gonna get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-480. Three six five six again, eight three zero four eight zero three six five six, or you can always email me a Bailey at KaligAuto dot That's a Bailey, B A I L E Y at Kalig, K A H L I G Auto A U T O dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Hey, twenty sixteen is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website ShaleMag.com. Once again, that's Shale, S H A L E, Mag, M A G.com to learn more. Shale is your one stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 240 7188. Again, 210 240 7188.
1: And we're back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Wayne Christian, who is running for the Texas Railroad Commission. And Wayne, before the break, we were talking about. The Sunset Commission, which the Texas Railroad Commission agency is up for review. It's every, what, seven years you guys come up for review. And some of the stuff that they are trying to do to the agency is quite frankly scary, considering that now, you know, Texas has always been the leader in uh, energy uh, through this regulatory body that's been around for 125 years. It's an elected position. So therefore, the voters vote in the candidates that are the proper ones to uh, oversee this uh, the energy sector and now with the shell play and the shell revolution occurring here in the United States and the new technology and believing that the United States is now the swing producer how important is uh, the future of the Texas Railroad Commission in in relation to the shell place
4: we honestly will have the opportunity with the destruction uh, that's happened in the Middle East, on OPEC and Saudi Arabia and Iran and all of the problems occurring in that part of the world. If we get the right leader uh, in the administration, if we stop Hillary Clinton from shutting down coal, Barack Obama, who Hillary says she'll continue his prophecy to shut down uh, fossil fuel production and move to their, quotation, wind and solar power, which if you shut down all the wind and solar power in the world today, it really wouldn't hurt anything. If you shut down only 10% of oil, gas, and coal, it'd be a worldwide catastrophe. This is unbelievable. The Railroad Commission of Texas has the opportunity to replace OPEC as the world's proven authority on fossil fuels. And it's been proven already that Barack Obama, who has shut down all production of fossil fuels on public lands, has closed off the United States to $50 trillion of potential uh, dollars produced that could pay off this $20 trillion national debt over time. You also have uh, Barack Obama who is, and, and Hillary Clinton that have said, we're going to run out of oil, gas, and coal. And right now, because of the shell play, because of what work mostly we've done in Texas and horizontal drilling, the recoverable resources in the U.S., as presented by British Petroleum's annual report this year, is on natural gas, we have over almost 600 years identified in the United States uh, available. On coal, we have 500 years available. And on oil, over 450 years available. So the United States is the new Saudi Arabia, and what we want is energy security in this world, and the world is ready to buy that energy from us uh, instead of from Russia and folks in Saudi Arabia who are enemies to our way of life both in Europe and in the United States. And the Railroad Commission has that opportunity unless we politically do the dumb thing and number one, allow Hillary Clinton to be President to continue the Obama policies and of course uh, i ask for people's votes because you never say never an election uh, that's going to be very unpredictable with Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, independents coming in, and uh Democrats may turn out because if they if the Democrats elect uh a Texan is their vice presidential candidate, which is, got, which is talk at this time. We'll know at the convention you're going to have a large turnout of both the Democratic folks and of independents who don't know a clue what the Railroad Commission does, and they could bypass that office and put somebody else on Hillary's side on. So that's a scary proposition, and people need to get involved in the Railroad Commission election
2: in November.
1: I agree, and, you know, I think— To put it in very simple terms to where some of our voters who have been listening to our show, who are just trying to understand more how does oil and gas affect me, this is that moment where understanding that what you pay at the pump, what you pay in your utilities um, are very important things right now for you to be focusing on because this election will have an impact down the road for you if you let me give uh,
4: you, let me give you a statistic that was given me from an from an from electric production company 30 percent almost one-third of every job in the state of texas is either directly or indirectly dependent on oil gas and coal in the state government our state budget that builds our highways law enforcement and uh all the other things we get from government public education our schools almost 20%, almost a fourth, a little bit less than that, comes from oil, gas, and coal directly or indirectly. All of the Rainy Day Fund, our emergency fund, is totally from oil, gas, and coal. So if you live in Texas and people sit back and say, well, I don't have any uh, interest in oil, gas, and coal, you're fooling yourself, you're uninformed. It's a third of everything we do in this state, and it's why Texas saved Barack Obama's budget the past seven years,
1: I agree with you. Um, you know, prior to me um, starting to learn about oil and gas, this was part of the reason why I did it. Wayne was prior to me becoming this talk show host and uh, and Shell Magazine. I wanted to really understand because at the time I was an executive director for a nonprofit that dealt with mental illness, and what I saw was one session when we did not have a uh, surplus anymore. We had made a miscalculation, which does happen. And uh, Governor Perry actually required all state agencies to do a 20% budget cut across the board. And you talk about seeing devastation from uh, people that needed medication, couldn't get access to it. And what saved Texas by the next session was the Eagle Ford shell and hydraulic fracturing and the Permian Basin had come online. Uh, well you know with hydraulic fracturing they'd always been drilling in eagle in the Permian Basin, but not not unconventional uh, conventional. So it has an impact. And
4: you look at a thousand people per week have been moving to the state of Texas from states as California and others that have limited their production of fossil fuels. Texas is that last great hope in the United States for production. And indeed, because we have been smart enough in Texas, our guys, in fact, let me give you the latest thing that they're talking about. is not as much horizontal drilling, though that's still definitely in line. I've talked with some oil companies that are talking about, well, Wayne, right now, what we're looking at is where we've been going vertically down only about 15,000 feet. We're looking at the ability, our machinery has now of going down over 30,000 feet. So in Texas, There is absolutely, this will even increase those projections of available oil, gas, and coal in this country if we allow technology to operate. But again, that's totally dependent on who gets elected president and railroad commissioner in November.
1: I agree with you. And, Wayne, with that, we have to end the show on a great note of saying God bless Texas and get informed and get out and vote uh, this November. Wayne, thank you again for being our guest, and it was a pleasure having you on today.
4: I certainly thank you and invite all your listeners to just uh, go to the internet of waynechristianfortexas.com and look up what we're doing.
0: And Wayne, once again, thank you for joining us, and good luck to you in the upcoming election. And congratulations, because I think you're going to get to be the topic of today's oil and gas trivia question. If you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shalemag.com, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston.
1: That's right, Alvin. Here is today's trivia question, and it's a tough one, What is the agency which regulates the oil and gas industry in Texas? Please email your response to radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at com. The first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas.
0: Well, Kim, that's going to wrap us up for another week of In the Oil Patch. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com/in the oil patch radio show and check out the website shalemag.com until next week. Adios. In the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business and in your community. Every week our host Kimbalato along with me Alvin Bailey will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.